Gamecocks Now. It's the ultimate USC sports newsletter. Get inside access to all Carolina sports year-round. Written by Post and Courier reporter David Kloniger, Gamecocks Now includes insights and experience from his over 20 years on the beat. You won't find this from anyone else. Plus, subscribers get access to all Carolina and Clemson sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two-week free trial today at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks Now. Welcome to the Charleston Post and Courier's weekly countdown to kickoff starring, and man, he looks like a star today, Dave Post and Courier, beat writer covering the game. You you cover a ranked team and all of a sudden you go Hollywood. Uh, David, welcome into the program. And for you viewers out there, if you'd like to check out more of David Kloniger's newsletter, go to postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. David, let's talk about Texas A&M. A special night for the special teams again, getting started with the big kick return. What was the feeling in that stadium like compared to the other great, stunning, positive moments in Gamecock history that you've witnessed? Well, I appreciate that, Gene. And uh, apologies for the look and the atmosphere today. Uh, The brakes on my car aren't doing too well. And I can replace the brake pads. I can't replace my rotors. So they're getting worked on right now. That's why I'm outside a little bit quieter. But in response to your question, Gene, that's probably the loudest I've heard Williams Bryce. It's Ace Sanders took back that punt return against Georgia in 2012. And you knew the game was over. I mean, I don't know if it was quite the same feeling as, oh, the game's over. They returned the opening kickoff. There's 14 seconds gone. But if ever you were looking for a punch, for a South Carolina team that had never beaten Texas A&M, that was it. And, of course, Xavier Leggett uh, returns at 100 yards. The Gamecocks go on top 17 to nothing on the first couple of possessions, and you think it's getting pretty close to being over territory. It wasn't quite that close, but they ended up winning the game. They're 5-2 and two and the number 25 team in the country. So uh, expectations have been ratcheted up. And uh, they've just got to go take care of business this weekend against Missouri. And then the next week at Vanderbilt. But right now we're only talking about Missouri. David, uh, yeah, what a turn of events. You know, in the last seven SEC games, South Carolina is four and three. All four of those wins have been point spread upset. Me, I think that's really impressive. In fact, I'd like to know when the last time an SEC <laughs> won four games in seven that were point spread upsets like that uh so that was cool but this would not be university of south carolina gamecock football and we would gamecockologists if there wasn't some whining and complaining coming ever out of the first ever win over texas a&m let's talk about david cloniger your thoughts on the play calling and the critique of the play calling uh well you know gene uh, a lot of it was good Um, The fact is, South Carolina did have the ball. I think it was 24 to 21. They needed to go down the field and score. They did. They put the game away really at that point, although there were some nervous moments in the fourth. The main thing is that after they got up 17-0, Gene, why wasn't it 21-0? I think a lot of people were asking that because on their second or really first offensive drive, South Carolina got the ball first and goal on the five on their first offensive play at that time, running back Marshawn Lloyd had gone for about 359 yards and four touchdowns in his previous three games. So if you're the offensive coordinator, you're the play caller, what do you call there? I mean, I would probably call a run to Marshawn Lloyd. 
Instead, I will be the first to say the play got blown up, but the play wasn't going to Marshawn Lloyd in any case. Uh, it was a pass that was, looked like a screen to Christian Beal Smith. Spencer Rattler saw it coming, and he decided to run it himself, got no yards. They called two passing plays after that and settled for a field goal. So that was a, uh, a question. There were some other questionable calls during the game, but they ended up winning the game, and they did it by having to get a touchdown drive when they really needed it to. So it's always going to be the give and take with this team. There's going to be some questionable moments, particularly on offense, particularly with offensive play calling. But winning cures everything. We saw that last year when they won three out of five to end the regular season, or I'm sorry, in the season. So we'll see what happens here because Missouri's got a real good defense, Gene, and play calling is going to be under a microscope more than it usually is. Well, you lead me right into my next question. It's uh, Missouri against South Carolina, Columbia against Columbia. David, I don't know about you, but I'm advocating for one of these days, one of these games, neutral site. That's right, Columbia. But let's talk about that Missouri defense. I think it's 23.1 points a game they're allowing. That's fourth best in the SEC. They've, they, you know, they played some really good games. I think the only bad game they played on defense was K-State, and that was a long yeah. time ago. Played well against Georgia in particular. Um, what are the main challenges that you see matchup-wise for South Carolina versus Missouri at 4 p.m. on Saturday at Williams-Brice Stadium? Gene, they've got some old guys on defense. They know what they're doing. They're, they're stacked with veteran players in all three levels of the defense. And, yes, while 23 points a game, you look at it and say, ah, South Carolina ought to be able to handle that. I think that those 23 points, as you mentioned, is kind of inflated because they gave up 40 to Kansas State in the very first game, a loss that they took out in Manhattan, Kansas. So it is a case of where they're playing a team that in four SEC games has uh, they've all been decided by one possession. They've only won one. They gave away a game to Auburn. There's no question about that. They had Georgia on the ropes, Gene. And they let them get off the ropes and score the win. They had Florida down and almost out, but they threw one bad interception. It got returned, and there it went. So they managed to beat Vanderbilt last week, 17-14. to 14. This is not a great offensive Missouri team, but they're really good defensively. You match that against a South Carolina team that's had some problems offensively, and you think, well, what's going to win? The key here, Gene, is field position. Because if nothing else, South Carolina has punter Kai Kroger, one of the best in the conference, who bailed them out of trouble several times against Texas A&M last week. And you say, if you can just get him to pin Missouri back with their dreadful offense against a pretty decent USC defense, maybe USC could force a short punt. Then they could get in good field position, and in comes the other factor, kicker Mitch Jeter. He booted, booted 250-yarders in the season opener. He'll be asked to do it again, most likely, on Saturday against Missouri. So if it comes to that, Gene, so I think South Carolina has a very slight edge. But also, Gene, this is a game that could very well be scoreless at halftime and could be a 10-3 to final score. We're with David Kloniger on the Post and Courier's weekly countdown to kickoff. Check out David's newsletter. Really fun, neat, insightful stuff at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. Uh, David, here's an interesting thing. We talked about, you know, the upsets, four nice upsets in the last seven SEC games for South Carolina. But now 
can Shane Beamer's program handle success? I mean, here they are ranked. Shane Beamer's on fine bomb. Everybody's talking about him. This is an eight-win team, maybe. Would you believe it? <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have believed it at the start of the season, Gene, but I wouldn't have believed that they'd win seven last year after being predicted to win at most four. So, uh, you know, things happen. And they're here now. As Marshawn Lloyd said last week, you know, they're here now and uh, they just got to go take care of business. They're going to be, they're favored this week. They're going to be favored next week. That could be seven wins right there. And then you would go down to Gainesville where you play a reeling Florida team. But of course, they're only concentrating on Missouri and this week. So it's going to be tough. They always are. And the thing about it, Gene, is that they handled the hype last week. Sold out home crowd, night game. Everybody was pumped up saying like, this is finally the year they were able to handle it and getting up 17 to nothing before really they ever touched the ball. That's going to help things. So can they do it two weeks in a row? I think they can. I'm going to go ahead and steal your thunder here, Gene, and say South Carolina 17, Missouri 14. All right. I like that pick uh, that arriving a little early in the program today, but that's just fine. And one thing to point out too, Unlike last week's opponent, the Missouri Tigers and their fans will not be holding yell practice on the cap <laughs> the night before. Um, David, I want to ask you about, I, I mean, I think it's a good problem to have when a team's five and two and people are crying about the offensive coordinator, but here's another good problem to have. Uh, Spencer Rattler came into the season, I mean, really ever since last December, projected as a very possible, very likely, I, I guess you might say, NFL draft pick. Uh, right now, uh, for me, for the eye test, he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback in the 2023 draft to me. And I believe there's a service out there called NFL Draft Data Database, which you know basically takes mock drafts from everywhere, and um, they pretty much would project him as an undrafted free agent or a late round pick if he were to come out, which which I don't think he is. But is that something good for? South Carolina when maybe they thought they were only getting Spencer Rattler who does know what he's doing back there for just one year. It could be, Gene. I mean, the fact is, is that there's some talent there. There's some throws there that say that that's the guy I watched a couple of years ago at Oklahoma. And then there's a couple of ones like, hmm, what why'd you do that? Maybe, maybe another year in college would be good. But Gene, you know as well as I do that, yeah, despite the rankings, despite the stats and everything. The NFL draft is never predicated as much on game film as it is what you do in the combine tests. So he can do very well in those tests. And to which I think, I think he's gone after this year, no matter what, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll have a change of heart once he gets some real feedback from the NFL scouts. But I've only ever looked at Spencer Rattler as a one and done player, which in the long run, I think you look at South Carolina and say, well, you have Dante Reno committed right now to come in in two years after the 2023 season. Right now, the word is that he's not going to reclassify and he will stay there. So, okay, if Spencer Rattler leaves, who would play quarterback next year? You have Luke Doty, the patient understudy who's waited his turn. You have Tanner Bailey. You have Jaden uh, Daniels. You have a lot of options there, Gene. Now, none of them have a lot of experience outside of Luke Doty, but that's the kind of the, the, the give and take that you have when you're playing college football and recruiting. So, 
just have to kind of see how it goes. I mean, personally, I don't know if another year in college necessarily benefits Spencer Rattler if he can't put up better numbers in this system. But the fact is, is that you do have to kind of play it and say, hmm, this is a pretty deep quarterback class for the NFL. Should I go now or maybe wait when I could potentially go next year and make more money? So we'll see how it goes. But right now, Gene, as we speak, I would not expect Spencer Rattler to be back in South Carolina next year. Well, here's a couple more possibilities. One on the Rattler way of looking at it, one on the Gamecock way way of looking at it. For Rattler, maybe it's not coming back to South Carolina, and maybe it's not the NFL either. Maybe <laughs> South Carolina, maybe it's not Rattler, and maybe it's no one in that quarterback room or committed. Maybe it's a good quarterback at some other program right now. Done some masterful things in the transfer portal. For David Kloniger, I am Gene Sapikoff of the Charleston Post and Courier. You can watch the countdown kick off again one more time. Check out David's really cool Gamecock newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. David Hollywood Kloniger has always get, already given us a pick, 17 to 14. Gamecocks over Missouri. And uh, we'll see you next week to um, – what are we going to be talking about next week? Vanderbilt, David? Vanderbilt, that'll be it. I know everybody's excited about that and maybe talking about a 6-2 and two Gamecock team. For David Kloniger, Gene Sapikoff, and uh, we're out.